This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome home to Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time, we welcome you. It's a delight to welcome you in worship today. Friends, this is not how we expected to be gathering this week for worship, but due to a COVID-19 exposure risk in our congregation and test results that have not yet come back for those involved, we are erring on the side of caution, especially since the exposure could directly impact our essential personnel. And so we are grateful for your flexibility. We are grateful for your patience and for your grace as we all navigate these waters together. And we are also grateful for the opportunity to once again gather in worship. And so friends, let us join our voices and hearts together on this joyful day. God is here. Let us worship God together.
Friends, please turn to your bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Come, let us praise God together. Blessed are we who place our trust in the Lord our God. For our God is the maker of the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything that lives within them. Our God keeps every promise and remains faithful forever. Our God gives justice to those who are oppressed and food to those who are starving. Our God frees the prisoners, opens the eyes of the blind, and lifts the burdens of those who are overwhelmed. Our God cherishes those who do what is right, protects the immigrants, cares for the orphans and widows, but frustrates the plans of the wicked. Our God reigns today, tomorrow, and forever. Praise God. Let us worship God together. Friends, the psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Confident in the gracious mercy of our God, we come before God each week to confess our sins together. So please join me in your home bulletin and join me in our prayer of confession. Let us pray. Merciful God, refuge of our hearts, we must speak of how we have not made you the center of our lives. We look for shelter in the false security of the world, not in your promises. Our fears are driven by our emotions and decisions, not by our trust in you. We look to the powerful and the beautiful to be our role models instead of the one who comes in your name. The psalmist begs us not to put our trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help, and yet we've done it again. Have mercy on us, our light and our hope, and touch us with your forgiving grace. Fill our hearts with your presence so we might recognize the one who has come to gather us up and lead us into your kingdom, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Beloved Church, God does not give us up to the temptations and ways of the world, but shelters us with love, with hope, with grace. Our songs of joy are lifted to the one who forgives us and saves us. And so let us proclaim the good news of the gospel together. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Friends, as we approach a time now for the hearing of Scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds with prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, Use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage for this morning comes from Psalm 146. 
listen for the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If my siblings and I ever complained about the songs my mother would sing, trying to wake us up in the morning, my father was quick to remind us of the wake-up call he would receive every morning growing up. I suppose it was his version of walking five miles to school in the snow uphill both ways. But had I been in my father's shoes, I think it would have been mine as well. Because you see, my grandfather was notorious for flying into the room like a bat out of hell, ripping open the curtains and proclaiming in full voice from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. To which my dad was supposed to respond, the Lord's name be praised. Now, for any of you who've ever tried to awaken a teenager, or for that matter, been a teenager, you can imagine how well this went. But nevertheless, my grandfather persisted. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name be praised. And though I am grateful that my dad did not repeat this pattern with his own children, I have been thinking of my grandfather's unconventional wake-up calls this week as I leaned into our text this morning. A text that begins and ends with doxology. Doxology, which comes from the Greek word doxa, meaning praise or glory. Doxology means a hymn or psalm of praise to God. Doxology. My grandfather insisted that every day begin with doxology. And not just any doxology, but a doxology that reminded us to both begin and end our day with praise. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name be praised. And similarly, our scripture this day begins and ends with doxology, with praise of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. But sandwiched between these two doxologies, between these verses of praise to God, the psalmist moves into the realm of present struggles. 
of day-to-day -day earthly troubles in the world, the text speaks of hunger and oppression, of injustice and imprisonment. The text lifts up the pain and struggle of the orphan and the widow, the stranger, and those who, for whatever reason, are bowed down by the sting of this world. But the psalmist only speaks of these things alongside the name of the one who has come to make them new. The psalmist only speaks of these broken parts of our world alongside the name of the one who can heal them. The psalmist only speaks of these divisions with the name of the Lord in the same breath. The Lord. The Lord will lift up those who are bowed down. The Lord will execute justice for the oppressed. The Lord gives food to the hungry. It is the Lord. Because from where the psalmist sits, there is no depth of darkness into which the Lord cannot bring light. There is no pain so deep, no division so profound that God's grace and God's mercy and God's love cannot and would not have the final word. The Lord is the one who can truly bring righteousness and justice and mercy to the earth and who can heal every broken corner of this world. It is the Lord. The Lord is the one in whom you can place your trust and all your faith because the Lord keeps faith forever. The Lord executes justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, opens the eyes of the blind. It is the Lord, the Lord alone. And please, friends, don't miss this verse this Sunday where the psalmist drops in. Don't put your trust in princes to do that work. Not in princes or kings or queens or presidents or anyone who the world has given power and authority because they are mere mortals. Mortals whose words and promises are as fleeting as their breath. Mortals in whom you cannot place your hope and your trust. But the Lord keeps faith forever. Even alongside the pain and turmoil and division of this world, doxology will find a way. Praise finds a way because the Lord is always finding away. The Lord is always at work to bring about God's kingdom and so praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will lift up my voice in doxology from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name be praised. In one of his sermons long ago, pastor and preacher Fred Craddock spoke eloquently about doxology. He spoke about his usual practice of sitting alone on his patio at the end of the day, rolling up his sleeves, taking in the night air. But then there was one night that was different. Craddock says, I sat there remembering, trying to understand the painful distance between the day as I planned it and the day as it had been. The growing darkness was seeping into mind and heart. Looking back on it, I now I know that was the evening on which the idea came to me. But frankly, I was in no mood to entertain it. 
It was not really a new idea, but neither was it old. It was just an idea, and it returned the next evening. I was relaxed enough to play with it a little then, before it went away, but in the following evening, I spent more time playing with the idea, feeding it. Needless to say, I grew attached to the idea. And before long, I named it Doxology. Craddock says, I first tried out doxology by taking it inside to our family dinner table. Supper is family time. Conversation is usually a reflection upon everybody's day. Supper is a good time, a pleasant time, and the whole family agreed doxology belonged at our table. The next day, doxology went along with me downtown for some routine errands, but somehow, with doxology along, they didn't seem as routine. Together, we studied the faces of those we passed. We laughed at a child losing a race with an ice cream cone, his busy tongue unable to stop the flow of ice cream down his elbow. It was good to have doxology along. But I had to make a stop at St. Mary's Hospital to see Betty. See, Betty was dying of cancer, and the gravity of my visit prompted me to leave doxology in the car. Betty was awake and glad to see me. I awkwardly skirted the subject of death. It's all right, she said, I know. And I've worked it through. God has blessed me with a wonderful family, good friends, and much happiness. I am grateful. I don't want to die, but I am not bitter. Before I left, it was she who had words for a prayer. Back at the car, Doxology asked, should I have been there? Yes. I'm sorry. I I didn't understand. And then of course, doxology went with the family on vacation. This summer we went to the beach down on the Gulf. What a time. Swim before breakfast, a snooze in the afternoon sun and a walk on the beach for shells in the evening. There is no question doxology belongs on vacation. But then there was the time I received a phone call in the middle of class. My oldest brother had just died. A heart attack. When stunned and hurt, get real busy to avoid thought. Call your wife, get the kids out of school, arrange for colleagues to teach class, cancel speaking engagements, and, you know, stop the paper, stop the mail, stop someone feed the dog, who can take Sunday school, service the car, I think I packed the clothes we need, did you get the clothes we need? My wife said she did, we threw it in the luggage, we threw the luggage, our bodies, into the car, and all night we drove across two states, eyes pasted to the windshield, conversation awkward, consisting of taking turns asking the same questions over and over. No one pretended to have answers. When we drew near the town and the house, I searched my mind for the word I would offer, the first word to the widow. He was my brother, but he was her husband. 
I was still searching when we pulled into the driveway. She came out to meet us. I opened the car door, still without a word, and she broke the silence. I hope you brought doxology. Doxology? No, no, I... I had not, I had not even thought doxolo about doxology since the phone call. But the truth was clear. If we ever lose our doxology, if we ever lose that need to praise, we might as well be dead. My friends, part of our willingness to boldly step into doxology, no matter the circumstances, is because we are Christians. And that means we are people grounded not in the things of this world, but in a God who keeps God's promises. And that means that even in the broken and painful parts of this world, even in the hunger that pervades, in the injustice that continues, even in the racism that rears its ugly head, and in the poor and in the marginalized of this earth, even in the suffering and the grief and the pain and the death, even in the deep division we continue to bear witness to in this country, in all of it, we have faith and confidence that God is already at work. God has long been at work within the broken places where it's hard to praise at all. This past week, a drawing came across my computer screen. It was a drawing of a woman and a young girl and the girl asked the woman, but what if they lose? And the woman replied, then we keep fighting for the rights of all people. And the girl asked, and if they win? To which the woman replied, oh dear girl, it's the same answer. Regardless of your feelings about this week, my friends, regardless of your feelings about this election, our calling is still clear. And it has not changed. We are still called to be ambassadors of God's love and peace and mercy, joining our Lord in the work of God's kingdom to bring about justice for the oppressed to give food to the hungry, care and compassion to every hurting, broken, marginalized person on this earth and to bring that doxology with us wherever we go. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name be praised. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, having heard the word proclaimed for us this day, let us affirm what we believe 
Let us affirm our faith using the prayer of a brief statement of faith as it is printed in your bulletin. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask the idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Friends, let us pray. God, who resides within the walls of Jerusalem, in the air that we breathe throughout all the world, we come before you this day to give thanks for what we cherish and pray for what is beyond our grasp. Lord God, we are surrounded by many gifts and reasons to give you praise. We praise you for sunny, cloudless skies in November, for the potent smell of pines coming across our noses. We praise you for humans striving for positivity, for the enjoyment of a favorite pet, an exchange of a text message that makes us laugh, for pure perseverance in a time that demands it. Lord God, creator of all things, where we find these glimpses of joy and waves of happiness, we know you are the kernel from which all good things blossom. So we give you abundant praise. God of Jacob and Rachel, Leah and all our ancestors past, we hear your comforting words telling us that you are our God on the journey with us through joy and difficulty. So we offer up our prayers of supplication that we hold before you this day. Lord, support those who work in healthcare with the equipment, durability, and self-care they need as the coronavirus continues. Heal and strengthen those in our congregation and around the world who are confronted with illness and recoveries that require your invigorating and soothing care. And bind our country together 
with your words and demands of reconciliation and justice, so that this inspiring yet incomplete American project may bring forth more good than evil in your long arc of a moral universe. Creator God, Lord God, our God, even when plans perish, dust is returned to the earth and breath vanishes, your eternal presence is still there. So turn our worship away from what dies and instead guide our hope and praise towards you who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. And turn our attention towards your work that does not diminish in scarcity but overflows in abundance. Your work that feeds the hungry, watches over the stranger, lifts up those who are bowed down. For you, O Lord, will reign forever, our God for all generations. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Beloved church, as you go out into this week, to be the church in every broken corner of this world, offering the love and mercy and justice and peace of our Lord, don't forget to take doxology with you. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the Lord's name be praised. And friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.